Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. Super Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. I just solved that whole what number episode mm-hmm. problem are we on by not saying the episode number anymore. Because you and I are going to have kind of like a little bit of a newer format going forward. Um, with, right, with YouTube and with the podcast release yeah, as well. I've decided that like the episodes that we record are going to be coming out in like the segments that are coming out More scattered so, yeah so reviews will be coming out as their own episodes so earlier this week you got our our terminator dark fate review and you got our lighthouse and jojo rabbit reviews that are that were both spoiler free those yeah. were the same episode this is our our what are you watching and news where we talk about yeah, where we talk about the news and stuff for the week, and ultimately it doesn't really matter, yeah, right? And catch up what we've been watching on. So they can see the headline; they know what we're going to talk about. I just wanted to get a little bit of no one reads, Jay. No one reads. Yeah. You know, Pete. You see someone like walk up to a door Read and headlines. they go to they go to push it and it doesn't open, and they keep just fucking pushing it. And mm. there's a sign right in front of their face that says pull, but they don't because people don't read. I feel like you don't. <laughs> I could see you getting angry with the door. I, I'd be that. I'd be that guy <laughs> yeah. that, that breaks the hinges, just pushing yeah. it open. Exactly. Everyone's like, you know, it says pull, and it's like, I've come too far now. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna keep pushing it. Just gonna be. Just gonna. Just gonna. Sir, you owe you owe a thousand dollars to Wawa because you broke the. So door. you would get angry and and I would just stand there and scratch my head like, huh? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're two different kind of people. Because if anything, I'm a man of action. Even yes. if it's the wrong action, Jay, I I full steam ahead. I fucking do it. You have more <laughs> testosterone than I have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So uh, it's been a couple weeks since me and you sat down and we we kind of did like episode proper where we went through like what are you watching and all that stuff. So let's let's figure out, Jay. In the past couple weeks, what are you watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Always watching. No, no, no. Go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. Please, for the love of God, tell me that you watch something. That interests other people. Oh, I did. And I caught myself a few movies, um, and one of them, or two of them actually, from Netflix. First up, Dolomite is my name. So, and Dolomite. Fucking up, motherfuckers, is my game. Goddamn right. I'm 40% Dolomite. I really love this movie. It was a lot of fun. Did you watch it? Fuck no. Okay. I told you when we did the trailer park, I, I wasn't, wasn't I sure. wasn't that I, into I, it. I, you know, it's been a few weeks. So so Eddie Murphy plays and portrays a real life legend. This guy, Rudy Ray Moore. He was a deadbeat kind of comedy host, uh, kind of like a rap pioneer type dude, and he was trying to, you know, make it on the scene and make a name for himself. It was nineteen seventies. Obviously, you know, the black uh, exploitation stuff era was still in the zeitgeist of things, and he was trying to make a name for himself. No. He wanted to do something go, unique. Go, go back himself. and try that again, because you said black exploitation. That is something complete, completely black exploit- different. Black exploitation. Black exploitation. Okay. Black exploitation. Okay. Th- thank you. Thank you. One of them makes no, you. Thank you. <laughs> one, of the, one of them makes you a horrible bigot, right. and another one is is referring. Yeah, we don't need that. To, another one is referring to a genre of film. <laughs> so, yes. All right, continue. 
So this is <laughs> directed by Craig Brewer. He has done uh, a couple other things, including the TV show Empire, Urban Cowboy, Footloose, my good old Black Snake Moan, Hustle and Flow. That was his main big movie that kind of broke him out. Yeah, I remember that scene. one. Yeah. So didn't he, like Black Snake Moan much. He no, it's weird. It's and, a weird movie. Uh, his his MTV Studios remake of Footloose was much maligned. So mm. so this actually had a great ensemble cast. Keegan Michael Keel was phenomenal. I, I mean, like I liked him a lot. He was a writer. He was the writer for now, this. Now, did you film. say? Did you say Keel? Key. 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 Not Keel. I might have said Keel. Keel. Key. 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 <laughs> Mike Epps. He's in it. Craig Robinson. He's in it. There's a lot of great cameos. You Wesley know, you Snipes. Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Cody Smith McPhee. I mean, there's a lot of great actors in this movie. Just on a side note, did you see the Instagram video with Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, who are filming, who are filming Bad Boys, and they yeah reshoots on the same. They're filming on the same lot as Coming to America too, so they had to go over. And, yeah. say, and say hello. Tyler Perry debuted his new studios in, uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, obviously. That's where he always films out of. And he actually developed his own studio. So now, you know, obviously, Hollywood's going to be partaking in a lot more shoots there. East Coast Hollywood, baby. It is, 100%. And it's going to continue to be that way. And. Yeah. Hopefully stay that way. I mean, obviously, it's great for business. They, that actually almost happened here in, in Philadelphia. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan was going to be opening up he's his trying. own. He's trying. Yeah, he's going to be trying. opening up his own movie studio here. Just needs the tax uh, write-offs for that, right? Yeah, that's never going to happen. No. We're, we're, we're Philadelphia. We tax soda here. There, there, so, there's a soft drink tax in Philadelphia, sir. So quickly get into it. This is really well written. The way, it, you know, obviously, because it's a true story, you see the ups and downs of him. He, the It's almost like, so it followed almost like in the vein of Tommy Wiseau. With that blind optimism, like an Ed Wood type character, you know, like he just had ambition oh, oozing out of his pores. Oh hi, Mark. Um, I did not hit her. I did not. Oh hi, Mark. <laughs> so, and 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 one of the great things about this movie is it shows a light. It shows a light on the struggle. It shows a light on the time in Hollywood. You know, the zeitgeist of it all. You know comedy stand-up comedy and making these kind of awful weird funny movies that right. played well, well, well. I mean, like those midnight showing type movies that's and, that's why black exploitation existed because mm-hmm. they couldn't get their movies made right, right. like you know occasionally a few of them were, were garnered uh, some hits action jackson shaft you know there, there were some standouts there but sure for the most part, you know, th- those films weren't getting made. So they had to, you know, th- the films that were getting made were guess who's coming to dinner, you know, <laughs> like oh, yeah. th- things like that. So, and, and, and this, and the main thing is the comedy works. The comedy worked for me. The character comedy worked for me. The, the way it was written out, loved it. I really enjoyed it. I gave it an A minus. I think overall it was a little, again, a little long. It's one of my reoccurring things right now with current movies for some reason. I'm just feeling the length. It's just getting a little stretched out without reason. Shorten your shit up. Shorten your shit up. Hollywood. Shorten shit up. But highly enjoyable, a lot of fun. Well well done. I can't do that. I take like 20, 25 minute shits. I don't know why. I just get busy on my phone, you know? I can't shorten my shit up, Jay. <laughs> All right, did you watch anything else this week? Yeah, I'll get into it after your next review. All right. So obviously, I did 31 for 31, 31 horror movies within the 31 days of October. Uh, most of them are films I've talked about before, films I've seen before, things I'd like to go back to. A uh, fair bit of them were brand new horror movies. So, Jay, this brings me to my question of the week. You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? 
just raises too many questions. Excuse me, I'd like to ask you a few questions. The answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. Right, I reached out to everybody on Twitter, and I asked them if they did 31 for 31 horror movies uh, for the month of October, what were some of the standout horror movies that they had never seen before that they think everyone else should check out? So first up was Paul from the Countdown Pod. First off, he had the best me and tell me that he did 40 horror films in the month of October. So go fuck yourself, Paul. I only did 31. You know, I, <laughs> I stop when I reach my goal. I'm not a fucking overachiever. Yeah, uh, but he saw ready or not which finally came over to australia they only just recently got it and he had a lot of fun with that movie and enjoyed it a lot and the other one that he watched was an irish film called extraordinary ordinary and uh he he also really enjoyed that so definitely if you haven't checked out those two give him a look i trust paul and i trust his tastes tasteless podcast said that he enjoyed all cheerleaders die i think i remember hearing about that uh this one the IMDb Journey podcast, The Descent. First time that they've ever seen The Descent. And that is just fucking sad. It's to a me. shame. It's one of sad my favorites. Yeah. Uh, that that I absolutely love. The Kanukamakan said Evil Dead. Uh, his name, obviously, already. The Kanukamakan, Necrolamakan. Mm-hmm. Already his name is, is paying homage to Evil Dead. Uh, he saw Evil Dead with the remastered soundtrack. So this is something I hadn't heard about, but apparently Sam Raimi has always been upset with the soundtrack that they had for the original Evil Dead. And it's it got re-released with a new score done to it because they didn't have the budget back then when they made the film in 1981, but they have the budget now. Talking Codswallop said Case 37 and The Orphan. I've seen The Orphan. I wasn't so crazy about that. And I've never heard of Case 37, so that might be one I want to check out. Body Count, a history podcast, saw Midsommar, which is one that I watched. I I reached out to you right after I watched it. And uh, I'm still teetering back and forth where that fits in like my horror movie lexicon. It did this thing where like at no point was I really scared. I was always intrigued. But when they gave me horror elements like Boy, did they really like put it in my face! Like it delivered, and it's it does, and, and in this bright, cheery, like airy, f- kind of hippie vibe of a setting, mixed in with this grand, in-your-face, gory horror it's kind of jarring yeah it's, it's something it's, you never see before it's almost like halfway through the film when that guy jumps off a cliff right and then you're like oh oh and you would expect it to really ramp up from there but no it goes back to like a safe place it for takes you its yeah. time yeah, yeah. It, you go back and you settle into a safe place but now you're on guard and but you're, you're still looking, unsettled yeah and you're looking for clues mm-hmm. for things to go wrong and then it really doesn't and then it does and then it doesn't and then you're feel safe again and then like by the end you're just like like, whoa yeah you're just like i like my mind is fucked i've seen Uh some truly awful things Uh and and, uh, among them are a bunch of old crones completely naked with just so much bush (laughs) (laughs) our good friends over at the beard brothers fantasy football podcast i've been talking to these guys they're fantastic guys i love football and i've been listening to their to their fantasy football podcast every week after all the games air because i really enjoy their insights i'm just actually upset that i don't play fantasy football this year they saw green room for the first time which again oh, another man. room that I've yeah. now i don't see that as a horror film i see that more as like a a thriller but if you haven't seen green room fuck you got to check it out it's definitely worth the watch people mitch punyapak said cargo 
he he just watched Cargo, which is on the which is on Netflix. Uh, some Martin Freeman zombie story takes place in Australia. I really enjoyed that one. That was out, so I encourage people to check it out. Podcast name Tim said the Green Inferno. Now this was an Eli Roth film, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, and it this is extremely gory. Jay, I'm not, there's not really much of a story other than natives eating people. Just fucking flat out eating them and it remind it was a lot like cannibal holocaust almost like a remake of cannibal holocaust which is a grindhouse gore fest film that came out in the 70s kane hero said poltergeist night of the living chicken dead poltergeist nope poltergeist Poultry geese. What the fuck? Poultry geese. So it's chickens that come back to life. Oh god! As zombies. It reminds me a lot of like the New Zealand horror film Black Sheep, or one that came out about two or three years ago, Zombievers, where all the beavers in the woods become zombies. Horror Hotel said Tales from the Dark Side, which is free on Amazon. So uh, he encourages everyone to check that one out. And Binge Movies said The Badabadook. Now that's one movie that like I've heard of that movie. Yeah, uh, it's it, it's good. It's, it's well liked. It, it it's really really good. But there is a little boy in it who just fucking angers the ever loving shit out of me. And honestly, it almost broke the movie for me because I hated this <laughs> this child so much. Wow. <laughs> almost broke the movie for me but it's still it's still a really 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 good it was like the main kid movie. actor or something yeah yeah pretty much oh jeez yeah it's just annoying uh and then defying scorpio over on instagram said superior 2018 and our good Wasn't friend crazy about it I, I i haven't seen it yet so i'm gonna give it a shot people if people who like horror tell me that it's good i'm gonna give it a shot uh and my good buddy kenny wellbank he said the lighthouse which jay you and i have a review that's yeah. Yeah. Already posted for it. I, it's funny, and I told Kenny that like I didn't want to see the lighthouse because it was a twenty four. It's going to come to Amazon Prime in about two months. It's not anything I want to go pay to see. And he told me, "Nah, dude, you need to go see it." And I was like, "Oh, well, if you're telling me." <laughs> and I told you because I knew this was right up your alley. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Right. You just didn't know it. <laughs> so, so, so as for me, uh, the horror films that I saw that that I actually wound up enjoying. Jay, I saw Annabelle Comes Home. Mm. This is the third Annabelle film, and it also takes place in the Conjuring universe. Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga are in this, but I was actually pleasantly surprised with the horror elements that they were able to to bring in. It felt more like a Conjuring film than the rest of the films, but I enjoyed the story, and I, and I like the idea that it all took place in this like one location with this with 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 Annabelle basically being brought out, and she awakens every dead thing from their their secret little horror museum their their their, their little paranormal museum yeah. that the warrens have she awakens all those spirits to wreak havoc on the warren's daughter and her babysitter throughout the night not my cup of tea i <laughs> you haven't seen it you don't know if it's your cup of tea jack i watched i watched the lighthouse so that i could do a review with you yeah but i knew you would like that <laughs> Look, this does not sound like me at all is it fantastic no dude it's 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 not fucking fantastic in fact it's 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 pretty it, it, it's pretty okay <laughs> you know what i mean it's pretty it's cool for like a saturday night when you're just like hey i just need a horror film that i gotta get through I just, yeah i just gotta get through something yeah that's that, that's exactly it all right jay anything else that you got around to watching this week now, yes. that, now that i've shared our question of the week sure also on netflix the king came out uh this one is directed by david mccode who has recently also done animal kingdom and the rover this was also written by joel edgerton who also plays a supporting role character and 
best friend and confidant of Timothy Timothy Chalamet's character, Hal, who is the Say new- it right. Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> so it starts off with them pretty much being, you know, distant party boys, just lushes, not really wanting to do anything to, anything to do with politics or the throne. Timothy's father, played by Ben Mendelsohn. He is the dying and aging Henry IV. He is the king who is just on his deathbed. He knows that his shithead of a son wants nothing to do with the crown. He offers it up to his younger brother. And and that's when he feels the need where he needs to interject. He needs to try and help his brother to not make the wrong decision, not die, keep him alive, try to keep peace, not go forward with these trivial wars that are just unnecessary and lo and behold things arise where he is forced to become the king after his father dies and that's no uh, spoiler right there but one of the things about this movie is it i know it does not pay a very strict truthful lineage of the the real history of king henry and i think some history buffs might have some issues with that but cinematically i think it works extremely well um, one of the surprising things about it is, is that it, it has a nice perspective of a real intricate, realistic take on an introspective king who's trying to keep peace, but also stay strong throughout his uh, upcoming throne dynasty. And, and, and one of the more interesting things about it is there's two scenes in particular with one Early on in the movie, his long-lost sister, and then towards the end of the movie, his newly wife bestowed from France. And they have great scenes where they really just break it down, where they know a lot more about the inner workings of men and and the politics of all of this than people may believe. And it was really well put together, really well written out and uh, executed. It was really well shot as far as uh, the look the battle sequences, the smarts of some war and fight sequences and, and how this day and age, it was tough. You know, it was all fucking knight armor and heavy. But wasn't this swords. also like close to three hours long? And that's where my drawback comes <laughs> in again. This is another great movie inside of a bloated length. Long ass movie. Shorten, Long-ass shorten movie. your shit up. Grant. Look, I, I really appreciated this movie. Overall, it's really well done. I ha- I felt it was better than the Outlaw King that came out a year ago or so uh, with Chris uh, Chris Pine. I'm going to give this a B plus. I do think it's really worth your watch, but just be prepared. It is a long one and it takes its time. All right, fair enough. The the other two horror movies that I watched, Jay, one I'm not going to talk about too much because you watched it already and did a little review for it, ready or not. Mm. I actually really enjoyed that. It's the first thing I've watched Adam Brody Again, in. another movie I told you to watch. I watched... I So, Adam Brody's in it, and to me, Adam Brody will always be Seth Cohen from of the course. OC. And it's the first movie where I didn't think of him as that. He had a completely different type of character. And he's great at and it. And I really enjoyed him in mm-hmm. it. He was, the, he, was the point, he was the part in the movie that I enjoyed the most. It's definitely seeing him, him on screen, for sure, was one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. I, I also... I also... I like I like the camp that the film had. Like, it was, yes. it was very campy. And I... But I, I enjoyed that. It had fun with itself and its subject matter. And, and it worked somehow. It, it worked. It worked. And I don't know how it worked, it but worked. it did work. It worked. <laughs> it, but it, it's, there's just absolute, like, I don't think anyone dies in any type of way that isn't 
funny <laughs> in some way some sort of dark humor way it's funny uh and then the other horror film i watched which i can't believe it took me this long to watch it came out in like 2008 i want to say maybe 2007 trick or treat um oh yeah th- so so this is like it's been that long yeah so so this is like all those vignettes like all put together all these stories tied together over 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 halloween and stuff like that it's got anna paquin it's got brian cox and it uh, I just really enjoyed it because like ready or not, it, it's not afraid of its cheese factor. It leans into it really hard and it has a lot of fun with itself and its subject matter. And it's really a, a, a film that is for horror fans. You know, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. And the little guy that's in it, mm. Sam, uh, named after Sam Wayne, who is, which is the, the old Gaelic Halloween. That's what it, that's what it was called. That's what he's named for. He, he's just out to make sure that everybody is following the rules of Halloween and ha- celebrating and having a fun time. But if you don't, he will fucking kill you. <laughs> and it's, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, so I, I know there's a ton of horror fans who have seen it. I didn't. Me and my wife watched it for the first time. So I really encourage everyone to get out there and see that. All right. So that's what me and Jay have been watching this week. Jay, let's head over and let's get into our news. Our first news story of the week, we know that there were a slew of spinoffs that were coming out for Game of Thrones. I believe they had four proposed, three that went into into script and pre-production, two that actually went into some form of production, and now one of them has been canceled. The one that was starring Naomi Watts which was supposed to be The Long Night, which was going to take place during the Age of Heroes and presumably was going to be following heavily the Starks and the Stark family during the Age of Heroes and The Long Night. That one's been canceled. It's the one that I was most interested in, unfortunately. Now, the one that that will be that, that has gotten a greenlit and will be moving forward is House of Dragon, mm-hmm. which, of course, will be following the Targaryen dynasty throughout their history. And I believe it will be following through... With George R. R. Martin's book, which is you know, following the House Targaryen, it's basically like a compilation of Targaryen leaders' stories that has come out. And to me, I find this extremely lazy on HBO's part. Now, I don't. I know that there was a pilot filmed for The Long Night, and I'm not sure whether that that pilot was good or not, or what made them not go with the green light. Whether shocking it was budget, but. My problem with it is, and this is why I say it's lazy on HBO's part, is because House of Dragon has a roadmap, right? There's already a book that exists that George R. R. Martin and two others have written that follows the Targaryen dynasty all the way through, you know, the Doom of Valyria, all the way up to current time, which means they have a roadmap to follow, right? Like they they have a roadmap that they can follow. Yeah. There's a story that exists and they can build their 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 new show around that. Whereas the long night that they were going to be doing that takes place in the age of heroes, that is something that George R. R. Martin himself has not fully flushed out. And there are some folklore and some legends about that time, but nothing hard and concrete, which meant that there was no roadmap from the follow there. They had complete, almost creative control of what they could do with that story. So when put in that position, instead of giving someone full creative control to tell us a story that we may actually enjoy, they decided to go with, we already 
already got a roadmap. Let's go with that yeah. because that's presumably going to be less work. And, and it's hard enough to make these 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 shows work, right? You the, know, one of the things that I thought about why the Long Night may have wound up getting the axe, whether it was good or not, may have been budget. It's, I do think that they realized they weren't making anything too great, and they knew post production was going to cost a fortune. Let's also remember the fact that Game of Thrones as a property right now it's not that hot right like it's it's not something that that people are clamoring for anymore because they left such a sour taste in so wow. many fans mouths and bringing in white walkers which was such a huge part of the last season and was one of the things that let people down the most bringing that back and kind of put it into people's faces maybe they were worried about their their budget on that because i'm gonna be honest they are looking for their game of thrones replacement show and i i, I haven't seen it from them yet Westworld was supposed to be it. it. It hasn't panned out. Season three is on its way in 2020. Maybe it'll pan out. Maybe it'll be fantastic. But I don't see a lot of new people jumping onto that. Watchmen has just come out. I've been watching it. I am not in love with it. You know, there's there, there's nothing that HBO has put out with the exception of maybe Barry, but that's one of their half hour comedies. So that tends to have its fan base. It's not drawing people into HBO. There's nothing out there right now that's drawing people in and doing what Game of Thrones did for them. Right. So and I, I can attest because like I would be more excited once I see like a trailer and get some, you know, things written about it so I have a better context and idea what's going on. But really I don't need this. I'm not asking for it. I would like to see something to quality. I'm actually proud. I'm almost like <laughs> Like a proud parent, like oh, good job! You ma- you made a good decision. You made I think a good choice. Yeah. yeah, you actually, you know, you really feel like you did right. something mm-hmm. that's not worth uh, producing any longer, and you pulled a plug. While, good on you. Good on you. I I lament the loss of the long night. I you know I didn't lament. I did. I, I didn't mourn it long. <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Like, right. it's not weighing heavily on my heart. I don't need more Game of Thrones right now. Yeah, no. I could use a break. I could use a breather. I would like to revisit it again one yeah. day. But I don't need it right now. Next news story. All right. Speaking of Game of Thrones, Jay, uh, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss have both quit the new Star Wars trilogy that they were working on. Presumably, this Star Wars trilogy was going to take place uh, during the creation of the Jedi Order. It was going way back, way beyond even Knights of the Old Republic. They were going back to the very beginning. There is a comic book uh, from the Dark Horse comic book line when they held the Star Wars rights for comic books that kind of delved into this story where both Sith and Jedi kind of both came from the same world, came from the same background and everything like that before the great schism of them. But you know what? This comes down to a lot of different factors. Apparently, Disney was not happy with what they were coming up with. Apparently, they weren't happy with not having a lot of creative control over what they were doing. But also, they have a looming contract with Netflix for them to create a TV show over there that presumably wouldn't take effect until they were done with their Star Wars script. So given all the heat that they were getting from Disney over their Star Wars stuff, and they had three movies to make with them, they wouldn't even be coming close to putting anything on Netflix for some probably six to eight years. So I think with that looming overhead and Netflix knocking on their door saying full creative control over here, guys, they were just like, you know what? Maybe it's time for us to bow out. Mm. And Disney went, you know what? Maybe it is. Maybe it is time. Okay. So I, I, I don't lament this loss at all. Honestly, given the way, again, Game of Thrones ended and a lot of fan backlash on specifically Benny Hoff and Weiss, 
maybe maybe Disney saw it as like we might we we might be dodging a bullet here as well. I am surprised though a little bit just because I think that they have the cinematic scope and potential to do something really special with Star Wars especially with the spinoff I can see how they have the ego and also the nervousness where they don't want to fuck anything up and I don't think they really want to even attempt to try and dive into this whole world right maybe it's so close after uh, Game of Thrones maybe down the line absolutely or maybe some other kind of property but not right now I'm not saying that they're afraid but I'm they not are sh- a little I'm, bit. I'm not they sure if bit. their career could take a big hit like that if their Star Wars film was not uh, well received. It, it would mm, it, it wouldn't be good. It wouldn't be good. It, it wouldn't them. be good. right. Now Netflix it's almost risk free for them to go over there and do a show over there, right? Because of course. people will watch it because <laughs> everyone has a Netflix account, you know, and if it's good enough to draw in more people, not to mention Netflix and Amazon Prime are they they have a, a big battle on their hands coming forward with Disney Plus looming overhead. Next news story. All right, Jay, Fantastic Beasts 3 has been officially announced. We all knew that this was coming, but they've announced its location. It'll be coming out in 2021, and it will be taking place in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Yeah, I don't know what to make of that. Um, well, I mean, first one, New York. Second one, Par- Paris uh, now. Yeah, but there's, no, there, there's like no daylight in those two movies. <laughs> I know. And Brazil's like... And all of a sudden, we're going to be in like... Well, I don't know if you know this, Jay. It's kind of weird. I don't know if you know this, but... The Earth spins on an axis, dude. I, look, and I'm just saying, the it, Harry it, Potter it, world it, it, it is, is kind of on the darker. It does turn end. to nighttime in Brazil. It's not always sunny. Not in Harry Potter. <laughs> it's not always sunny. You know? It's always like European and overcast and cloudy skies. For and every rain. season, Ugh. turn, turn. There it spins. All right. I I'm, I I know I, I've read up a little article. I know they're going to try and do some stuff more with the Hogwarts and Dumbledore a little right. bit more. And we know that that's coming because eventually these films will shift to following and, more of Dumbledore's and, story. And again, you want to see less of the villain. You know, I know the title Crimes of Grindelwald. I could have however I could have gotten a little less. However, you slice it, he's still a wizard Nazi. <laughs> I think it was less is less is more, yeah. and I think we had too much of them. Now, maybe a, there was a couple scenes where I thought it was a little too long. Like I would rather have seen oh that movie more sucked. of that movie a was garbage bang with him like coming was, in deliver the a first one was scary okay. scene. The the second one was garbage, and I'm not excited for the third the one. The second one was more watchable to me, but I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for first the first one lo- was more boring. <laughs> I'm excited for the location. Like I, I like this idea of seeing the wizarding world in different know. locations around the world. It's like Fast and Furious for wizards. You know, you just go to a different place. I'm not even a big wizard guy anyway, so like this is already a stretch for me. You certainly are not. <laughs> Next news story. Sarah Jessica Parker has confirmed that the original cast will be returning for the Hocus Pocus sequel. I literally put this on here because of our Patreon episode for our Hocus Pocus movie cocktail. And the fact that my wife truly loves this, it'll be coming exclusively to Disney+. Plus. Am I looking forward to this? No, but... Mid- Every other female is mid thirties women around <laughs> around the world are all very much looking. They're forward all signing to up for Disney Plus. Right and now. my daughter's looking forward. My daughter loves Hocus Pocus. Like she's watched it at least five times just this season alone. Next news story. All right. For some reason, it took Marvel until now to announce this, but Ant Man three is on its way. 
Peyton Reed will be returning to direct and it's going to be getting an April 2022 release. It's just so weird that it's like you knew this was coming. You had your D23, you had your you had your you had your Comic-Cons. Why wait so long to announce it? Like was Ink not dry on contracts until now for them to, to for them to announce it? Was Peyton Reed holding out for more money? I, I mean he's he's going to get it. He has two technically hit films under him even though they are the most they are the lowest producing of the Marvel films. Right. They're still hits, you know. They're, and and Paul Rudd obviously will be returning, and I believe Michael Douglas has also come out to say that he is also returning as well. Oh, cool! So everyone else is coming back. But I think the most interesting part about this is it's going to be the first time seeing Scott Lang post Avengers Endgame. Yeah, it, there, there's not all there's we, we get all the stuff that's being announced that's going to Disney Plus and stuff like that. We're going to be getting a whole ton of stuff over there, and we're going to be catching up on a bunch of characters post Endgame there. But we Ant Man has has nothing slated for the future we don't know like where he sits in, in this avengers pantheon moving forward we don't even know if there's an avengers movie coming out to be fair to be fair well, to be fair to be fair but obviously I if there care is less. give uh, me a break obviously I, at, if at least is, he's gonna be in it i would like to start hearing about marvel shit again after the first quarter in 2020 cool like i need another four or five months of a break Let's get into our next news story. <laughs> uh, production has officially begun. Principal photography has begun for the Falcon. Falcon Winter Soldier. Yes. Yeah. So is that it? I mean, that's I'm actually news. excited for yeah, this see, one. Though. <laughs> for some reason, like I'm talking about movies, though, like I don't need another Ant-Man movie right now. Also, all uh, I want is this. I want the Falcon and I want Winter Soldier. Also, production has begun on WandaVision as well. So both of those. And I'm excited for that one, too. I like. First Marvel, I like the first direction. MCU shows out of the gate will be. I like show. the direction that they're going with WandaVision. I think it's an interesting take. Fifties Americana. Um, I'm loving that. It's and like, I love Paul Bettany and I love Elizabeth Olsen. It's like the Wonder Years, but oh, I'm, in I'm the gonna MCU. Eat, I'm going to eat that up. I'm going to eat that up. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I, I can't wait for that. I can't wait for Falcon Winter Soldier because they they kind of revolve around my favorite MCU like little microcosm there, the mm-hmm. Captain America characters. Uh, really happy that that's going to be one of the first shows for the MCU that comes out. Um, happy that that Jeremy Renner is still on board for all this stuff. He still has his Hawkeye show coming out because you and I were reading rumors that apparently there was almost a split between him and Disney. Nothing was confirmed so we don't really report on it but it has something to do with some some it abuse helps of he's substance. He's not that big of a star. Right, right. Or he's He's got. He's not Mr. Uh, Hollywood. He's got the M- He's got the MCU. He did that tag movie, and he has a few cheap commercials, and that's about right. it. Right. <laughs> he's got a band too. Apparently, he's got, he's got a band too. So, so I don't know. But either way, I think it's going to smooth over. It's not going to affect. No. Um, people watching the show at all. Unless he has some sort of public outlash that winds him up in jail or something right. like that. As long as it's nothing that's domestic stuff. Yeah. No. Come on. Cares. Yeah. No. Yeah, and reportedly he has never physically like one of the things like I was reading was like well he's never physically struck his wife she is filing for divorce for for years of emotional abuse and sole custody of her child because of his because of his drug abuse so it's just stupid presumably you can't you can't now the the thing that gets me is like presumably it's 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 over cocaine and alcohol that's why Jeremy Renner's like apparently in in a little bit of hot water and it's like it point me to a celebrity that hasn't been addicted to alcohol and cocaine. 
Your uppers and downers. You have to mix them because you have to find the balance, Jay. Yes. You have to find the There's balance. There's so much time on a movie set. You have to find your lows and highs. Right. Especially for these it. big action set piece movies where they're like, all right, it's going to take us like two hours to set this up again for the next take. I'll be on my trailer with blow and whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Keeping my balance. Staying at an even keel. That's why I'm not a Hollywood star. That's exactly because I'd be doing exactly same you, thing. You would be the bourbon and blow. Jay, you would be the dude who like comes back on set and just being like, like with with like crusted <laughs> cocaine under your nose, and you'd be like, "Does anyone else's teeth itch?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Am I the only one? Am I the only one that has like itchy teeth right now? <laughs> Next news story. It has officially been announced. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse will be getting a sequel. This, too, will be coming out in April of 2022. And just to tag another little bit onto that, Jay. Damn, that's a long ways off. It is. It is. But there's a lot of stuff going on with with Spider-Man with the MCU still. They got some other Spider-Man properties coming out. Two years. Also, it has also. Three years from the original. It has also been confirmed that the 1978 version of Spider-Man from the Japanese live action television series will also make an appearance in spider-man into the spider-verse now jay this is not like my favorite spider-man character however the fact that he exists brings me joy so it's spider-man but he's japanese Mm. and at the end of every episode he jumps into a giant mech version of spider-man and (laughs) fights off a giant version of some creature love it He's basically what happens when Spider-Man meets the Power Rangers. Bring it on. Next news story. All right, this one I just wanted your opinion on real quick. This this news story is a little old, but I, I just wanted your opinion on it. Netflix, usually with its app, it, it tests new features on its Android app. And one of the things that it's currently testing is its speed up option where you can actually watch a a movie or tv show at 1.5 speed so you can actually speed up everything you know oh i've heard something about that uh, obviously but pod- not just that but with podcasts as pod- well. podcast like some people listening to us right now mm-hmm. might be listening to us in 1.5 speed which i feel like, like only, I ho- I hope only you can like. actually handle that yeah. i could not handle that kind of stuff it's, it's how i try my to, brain can't process there's times where i edit the podcast that way I'll do editing in 1.5 speed, but I, but if I'm trying to listen to something and enjoy it, I, I'm not putting it at 1.5 speed. Uh, specifically, I am not watching movies at 1.5 speed. Like I could, you, but like I don't understand it. Like, but, I don't understand. So why. like the the Irishman is coming out soon, right? Like sure. Like how's that going to be at 1.5 speed? You know what I mean? It's 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 a three and a half hour long movie. So sure. You'll get that movie done in in an hour and a half or two hours, presumably. But, you know, is is this the way that we were meant to enjoy media? Hell no. This is what's going to fucking destroy. That's what I think, too. I I don't know if it'll destroy it, but it'll definitely change the way people watch. This is going to take the emotional and artistic aspect of, of cinema away from us how in the world can we possibly get into any kind of character or any kind of story when it's just flying along especially when someone like a director has painstakingly taken the time even shitty directors painstakingly take their time to present the story that they want to present in the way that they want to present it at the pace that they want to present it and that's exactly how it's supposed to be watched and I'm a big believer in that. If Christopher Nolan wants to tell me that I should watch this in 70 millimeter IMAX screens, okay, I will do my best to see in that kind of format. I'm pretty you know, sure those cameras are only continue to be made because of him. So. <laughs> Probably. 
But you know, it's just one of those things where, like, I I'm a big believer in that. Like, I I I try to. I mean, we have luckily, you know, we're not in New York or L.A., but we live in a pretty good city and area that has you know a decent amount of you know theaters that would have a good options as far as Dolby and, and IMAX and such and 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 we get some good showings but you know I ultimately want to see things the way they're supposed to be watched by the filmmaker themselves Absolutely. not some ADHD kid that wants to watch uh, the Irishman on on his fucking cell phone because he has a two-hour flight and he wants to speed up the time and get the movie done before the flight's over you know all right, so fuck him. So, so I'm serious about that. Fuck we, him. <laughs> we agree. We agree on that at least. Uh, I don't think that now they've they've tested a bunch of other type of uh, of of features that never caught on that they never really brought to the main market. And I I imagine that this will be another one of those type of features that just never really makes it to to the main market. But it's something that people can play around with. Now, if I am watching like binge watching maybe an old TV show for some reason. I might put that on if I've seen it before in its original format. Mm -hmm. Maybe then I would do it. And only then. Like, let's say Stranger Things Season 4 is on its way out. I want to rewatch the other ones. I I was kind of lazy. I didn't get on it until the week of. Then maybe maybe I'll watch Seasons 1, 2, and 3 of Stranger Things now that I've already seen them in the sped up format just so I can catch up on the story. That's that's probably the only way I would do it. But then we start getting into that gray area where it's like, when is that okay? So, fuck it. But no, I I don't agree with it. I don't think think it's anything that's going to catch on next news story rj we got some uh more casting news that's been coming out of the batman Mm -hmm. so i originally saw that andy circus was being looked at to play alfred pennyworth and i was i i liked that at first because i but i was like god he doesn't look like any alfred we've ever gotten but that's not that's not necessarily a bad thing because no. let's face it, any circus can play anything. This dude has played. He's gonna Gotham. look like a cool ass motherfucking right. butler. I'll I, tell you, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I kind of like a, the, like a different direction for for Alfred, you know. Uh, and then you you also sent me that Colin Farrell is set to play the Penguin, a very different type of Penguin than obviously we've seen in, in other media. But I just like the fact that they're getting quality people. For yeah. the movie, like that—that's what really draws me. Because you know the fucking script is going to be fucking right. great. Right. No, I mean the Andy Circus thing doesn't surprise me because he—he worked—he worked on all the Planet of the Apes movies. So and that's Warner Brothers. That is Warner Brothers as well. Yeah. So, so, so that makes sense to me. And the the Colin Farrell thing. Well, he's done uh, Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. And they lo- everybody loved him in the first movie. I, but I mean, like they're getting some truly quality people here with with uh, with Zoe Kravitz, Andy Circus now. Paul Dano, Pattinson is our Batman. Yeah, yeah. Robert Pattinson is uh, as Batman. Colin Farrell is the Penguin. Paul Dano is the Riddler. Like, you know, I love it. It's, yeah, it's it's, it's like it's like the real choice actors are really coming to deliver for Matt Reeves. But it, it it makes me it makes me hopeful because that means that all these people have read that script and went, yeah, I'm on board. You know, like uh, I'm on board with that. It's fucking awesome, awesome. Yeah. Next news story. This is our final news story of the week, and this is just more of a little fun one. Uh, So the entire set of Marvel's The Eternals was evacuated from their set on the Canary Islands because they discovered an unexploded bomb. (laughs) 
So reportedly on set was both Richard Madden and and Angelina Jolie. And uh, apparently they had to bring in like a government bomb squad to come and disarm it and remove it. Because apparently this island on the Canary Islands where, where their set is used to be a Nazi base. Nazis. I hate these guys. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny, man. I'll tell you, I, I didn't I, I you never hear this about you, you just never hear about this kind of stuff. I mean, but it makes sense because it's actually, you know, shot on a remote weird area and they probably had a million different kind of random bombs yeah. who knows that thing's been probably laying there for so many years it's probably not even active oh at the very least but since the very 1945 least, <laughs> right but at the very least you know you have to take it serious it reminds me of like uh you don't see a bomb every day you don't reminds, know if it's real or it not. reminds me of finding dory where it's like oh look balloons mind your distance though those balloons are a white touchy <laughs> <laughs> exactly could you imagine, like, the news story, like, if it went the other way, if it's like, undiscovered bomb destroys Eternal set, they're all dead, or Richard Madden will now be performing his role with a peg leg. <laughs> He's still a cop. He's, he's, that's the thing. He'd still be hot. We love Richard Madden. <laughs> I, 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 assume, I assume if he lost a leg, I, I mean, just a dude that looks like him, I assume that his dick then becomes his leg. <laughs> <laughs> Or it's just like if you're Richard Madden, like oh man, like, you know you you don't worry about losing a limb because you because the most important limbs between your between your legs. Yeah, at that point, <laughs> uh, everybody knows that. <laughs> but uh, this movie, like, I'm still not I'm still not sold on this Eternals movie. I'm not at all. I, I have I, no. I, I think it's just gonna be studio garbage, and. I just don't care. Supposedly, Marvel has big plans for all these characters moving forward, which kind of scares me in a way because it's like but what if this isn't good right like like you're introducing the black knight in this and kit harrington's gonna have a supposedly a bigger role going forward in the mcu i don't know and it's like i just don't feel good about this it's 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 a property that like they have and i know there's big fans of it and i've I'm familiar with the comics, but I've never really sat down and read them and stuff like that. So, like, what's the appeal? Like, th- th- that's what I'm sitting here wondering. Like, what's the appeal? This th- this just seems like... Moreover, for the public. It seems like the Inhumans. The average movie Like, it seems like the Inhumans, and it's like, sure. well, that didn't fucking work. Exactly. So, you're going to double down, you're going to do it again with something. exactly something. how it feels. Uh, okay. Uh, just... A few more stars. Right. You know? It's, you know, while I am so much of a fanboy that I do wind up swallowing a lot of what Disney gives me, this is like one of those things where it's like, I'm not taking that pill yet. I'm going to wait. I'm going to watch. <laughs> then I'll decide. <laughs> not sure yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's, that's going to do it for our news this week. If there's any news stories or any movies that we watched this week that we touched on that you would like to comment to us about, reach out to us over on our social medias. Jay is, runs the Facebook. You can find us over there at Super Movie Bros Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Super Movie Pod, or you can check Jay out over on the Instagrams. He is Super Movie Bros over there, and I have my own Instagrams just for shits and giggles. You will find some stuff for the show, but there's also pictures of my daughter videos of my dog yeah <laughs> you can find me at smb dave uh and then of course you can check out all of our patreon content that is available to you at 
patreon.com slash podcast. You can get all of our additional episodes that we've put up there, as well as sometimes additional artwork, some additional cocktails, just some fun and games. And if you pledge more than a dollar, up to $5, you can actually pick something out from our loot chest. So I'll make sure I go on Instagram and I post some pictures of our new loot chest and all the goodies that we have in there for anyone who is interested in jumping in for a little bit more than just one dollar do I wanna, it i want to thank all of you guys for listening have a great one cheers thank you cheers, cheers.